This is the year the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, glad that you're here. I see we have what we call in the church business a comfortable crowd. Now, what a comfortable crowd means is that everyone can lay down instead of sitting up. People might talk about you, but you have room. We rejoice in being here to begin the year in worship. So please join me in the call to worship found in your bulletin. People of the world, it is time to celebrate new beginnings. People of faith. It is time to look ahead in hope. We step People of hope, it is time to walk in the way of the Lord. We step forward together as God's
A reading from Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. A word to the wise. Thanks be to God. Please join me in the litany for the new year. God, in the past year, we have been tested and tried. We have been given joys and pains in their measure. Laughter and sadness in their measure. And now we look forward into a new year. A new stretch of our journey. Knowing that not everything will be easy. Joy and pain. Help us to live this year with intention, with, with compassion, with attention, with, with assertiveness, with kindness toward all, even ourselves, with purpose, with calm, with gratitude, and whatever storms we must navigate, whatever roads we must travel, be present with us. Speak to us of your mercy. Speak to us of your love that we may in turn speak mercy and love into being in this world and in this year.
A reading from 2 Corinthians. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We no longer know him in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Look, new things have come into being. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, God made the one who knew no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. A word to the church. Thanks be to God. Now, now is the time. Now is the time for something new. Now is the time for something really new, real and new. Now is the time we are promised new. And oh, do we love new. Ever notice when a new restaurant opens in Monroe or West Monroe? All the buzz causes a run on the place, packed parking lot, waiting line. You don't mind. I am designated as the spy to reconnoiter the joint. Now, if I like it, then my wife and I go back together. If I don't like it, we eliminate it. Now, I'm giving this powerful role because a trip to an unvetted uh, new establishment causes a rift in the space-time continuum. <laughs> and if I'm by myself, I, I may grumble, but when my wife accompanies me, I need to articulate the particularities of my culinary quibbles. This process is guaranteed to ruin the appetite and experience of all. A new year presents itself to us all shiny and full of potential. But what parades as new is often the same slow walk of the status quo. All this allure over newness, this excitation of what me, might be is tinged with apprehension. <clears throat> Something about new can be both frightening and foreboding. The new both thrills us and chills us. Look at the epistle reading this morning. Look at the Old Testament reading this morning. They capture the thrills and chills of something really new. The text in Corinthians declares everything has become new. Jesus, the Christ, Emmanuel is with us. And when Jesus walked among us as the Christ of God, he dealt with people who were card-carrying opponents of all things new. Unless things were done in the manner in which they expected, in the manner in which they always had been done, <clears throat> then they are done 
wrong. Now, it might be hard for us to imagine the intransigence of religious leaders of Jesus' day until we think about the religious intransigence of our own day or if we dare, our own religious intransigence. How open are we to new, to new ideas, to new people, to new ways of doing things, to new ways of doing old things? What is really new about Christ is that he makes all things new, even old things. How open are we to the change which accompanies the new? What happens when our paradigms, those fixed patterns, are shifted? To change a paradigm is difficult. Paradigms shift like platelets in the earth's crust and earthquakes ensue. Jesus, the Christ, was shaking up the religious establishment of his day. He would not play by the rules. The rule of God was the only rule by which he played. He wrecked havoc with their paradigms. And he brought us new. A new way of being religious. A new way of being faithful. A new way of being spiritual. A new way which did not follow tradition. So Jesus knocked those Pharisee fiddlers off the roof with a new way of thinking about God. With a new way of living for God. How solid are your religious paradigms? Do you feel the shift? What about when it comes to worship? Is the way we worship the only way we can rightfully worship? Is our style sacred? Or is only the one we worship sacred? How do you take new things hitting you? <clears throat> now you'd think that Northminster could do new. We've been baptized into a new way of being church. The origins in exile of this congregation, all the way to a promised land of a new pastor and a new stage in our church life. <clears throat> the newness can help us renew. We can manage to stay new by constantly reinventing ourselves, taking risks, taking chances, experimenting, and if we fail, try something else just as risky. <clears throat> that is what got us where we are. But we cannot stop doing what got us here. Daring to do something really new. Daring to op be open to God's deal. This church, this church has always been God's deal. Not our deal, not any pastor's deal, but God's deal. Maybe it was easier in those homeless days wandering pillar to post. The same Israel which trusted God out of bondage and through the wilderness and through in and out of every promise. <clears throat> the very people who live by faith alone have become these people who will not give Jesus a chance to do anything new. Kind of like Groundhog Day, if you think about it. Remember that movie where Bill Murray's character is cursed to repeat the same day over and over? Every morning he gets up and it's the same day, same people, 
acting the same way until he does something new. <clears throat> then the day begins to change and he is transformed as the world becomes transformed. He had to try something new to break the pattern. In his book, Einstein's Dreams, Alan Lightman, who teaches physics and writing at MIT, depicts a young Einstein daydreaming in his patent office where he works. And he dreams of time. Suppose time was a circle, he says, bending back on itself. The world repeats itself precisely, endlessly, for the most part, People do not know that they will live their lives over and over again. And if you can listen closely, you can hear their moans. Could there be any curse worse than a world where nothing ever is new? Time is not an unbroken circle. Time is a circle broken by the kingdom of God. Grace intersects the circle, breaking it in open into new and infinite possibilities. Will the circle be unbroken? No, by God, the circle will be broken. Broken open to all that God can do. So time is open-ended. Open by God who is open-ended. So what would, would happen if Jesus were to attend a coordinating council meeting at Northminster. Would Jesus pull the old making everything new routine on us? Or would Jesus say, nah, you're just doing great, just the way you are, doing exactly the way you're doing things. Don't try to anything new or different or daring or risky or experimental or out of the ordinary. Would Jesus see us only coloring within the lines? Or would Jesus see us going outside the lines? <clears throat> Harry Chapin wrote a song that's called Flowers Are Red. I wish you could hear Harry sing it, but we don't play recordings around here. So, uh, the good news is that you don't have to hear me sing it. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Flowers are Red by Harry Chapin. The little boy went to school one day. He got some crayons and started to draw. He put colors all over the paper for colors was what he saw. And the teacher said, what are you doing, young man? I'm painting flowers, he said. She said, it's not the time for art, young man. And anyway, flowers are green and red. There's a time for everything, young man, and a way it should be done. You've got to show concern for everyone else. You're not the only one. And she said, flowers are red, young man. Green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. 
but the little boy said, there are so many colors in the rainbow, so many colors in the morning sun, so many colors in the flower, and I see every one. Well, the teacher said, you're a sassy. <laughs> There's a way that things should be, and you'll paint flowers the way they are, so repeat after me. And she said, flowers are red, young man. Green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. But the little boy said, there's so many colors in the rainbow, so many colors in the morning sun, so many colors in the flower, and I see every one. The teacher put him in a corner. She said, it's for your own good, and you won't come out till you get it right responding like you should. Well, finally he got lonely. Frightened thoughts filled his head. And he went up to the teacher and this is what he said. He said, flowers are red, green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. Time went by like it always does and they moved to another town. And the little boy went to another school, and this is what he found. The teacher there was smiling. She said, painting should be fun, and there's so many colors in a flower, so let's use every one. But that little boy painted flowers in neat rows of green and red. And when the teacher asked him why, this is what he said. He said, flowers are red. Green leaves are green. There's no need to see flowers any other way than the way they always have been seen. Are we ready to see all the colors? And the rainbow, the morning sun, and flowers in each other, in each day, in each opportunity? Are we ready for something really new at Northminster? ready for something really new for global awareness and involvement, for evangelism via mass media, for becoming a multi-ethnic congregation, for radically reforming our notions of gender? Is Northminster really ready for something new, for alternative forms of worship, for new music, media, emotion, for giving more of our money to others and keeping less for ourselves? Are we ready for new people who may not look or act like you look and act? Are we really ready, ready for something really new and ready to go wherever that new takes us? This year I found myself facing something really new. Those of you who know me may think the new for which I refer is the cancer which challenged my very existence. But you'd be wrong. They got it all. And cancer's been in my family story, both sides of my family. That wouldn't have been anything really new. No, what was really new is my son became my daughter. Born Robbie, he became Rowena, taking the name of her great-grandmother, Mama Cluck. Last year, Rowena fully found her identity 
her voice herself. And it's not been easy for her. She lives in fear of the vitriolic transphobia so prominent in society today. I fear for her. She has not traveled far from home since her transition. Truck stops along the highway do not provide a very hospitable environment. The good news is that Rowena lives in Austin, Texas, where she has a trans-friendly environment. She's even part of the trans-trance music scene. Trans-trance music scene. That was a new one on me. Trance was news on me. I, she's taught me so much, though, because so much has been really new. New pronouns were only a small part of a new way of seeing my time. A lifetime of images had to be reimagined. Cherished moments had to be remembered. But soon enough, the awkwardness was gone. The lapses of name and pronoun were fewer. For this was the same sweet child of mine. I mean, my child is 42 years old, but still, my kid is my kid. The same. But I was not the same. I became better, bigger. Before I'd been an advocate for trans issues, now I was a proud trans parent, feeling every phobic slur, slight, and slaughter. I did not join this church because of its stance on LBGTQ plus concerns. I joined this church because of its stance on the gospel, including everyone. I've worshipped here, served here, been ordained for ministry here over the past decade plus. And quite by accident, our providence, our dumb cluck luck, I ended up in a place where my precious transgender child would be more than welcomed where she would be loved. God keeps giving us, the people of God, something really new. And we put something really new on the church sign out there. Love is love. God is love. All are welcomed here. That's what the two new side panels on our old church sign say. It is a new sign now. God, help us to live up to that new sign. And God, help us if we don't. Amen.
becomes real. It was on the night in which he was betrayed. Jesus took bread and broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. And in the same manner, Jesus took the cup. Pouring the cup, he said, This cup is the new and everlasting covenant in my blood, like my blood was poured out. My love is poured out to you. All of you drink it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show forth the Lord until he comes again. Now praying in his name, let us pray the words that Jesus taught all disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Oh, 